Yeah, so we're talking about reading goals and our, our reading accomplishments, if you want to put it that way, for the previous year, right? I feel like this podcast is going to make me feel very bad about myself. <laughs> well, and sometimes that's what reading goals and, and tallying what you read does. Like, what's really even the point if you're just stressing out about it, which is totally what I do. But do you, like, count how many books you read over a year? <sighs> okay, so... No, but I always intend to, and only like a portion of what I read actually makes it to Goodreads. Like I'm the worst. I do try to like, especially if it's an indie author, throw a review up on Amazon. Um, I'm not so worried about it if it's like um, on a bestseller list because I'm like, there's already a thousand reviews there. Uh, but I do try to to get things on Goodreads, though I'm very terrible at it. And I will tell you, so in 2018. I didn't even know about like the Goodreads like challenge or whatever. And it was like literally, it was like New Year's Eve. And I was talking to my friend Rhonda and she was like, did you do the Goodreads challenge? And I was like, no. She's like, well, you go and you set your reading challenge and then it kind of keeps up for it with you. Like every time you rate a book or whatever. I mean, everybody apparently but me knew about this, which is really sad because I'm a writer and I should know these things. But so I was like, sweet. Well, what I didn't know was I couldn't set up 2019s until like 2019. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go set it up. And it was like December 31st, 2018. And I was like, I'm going to read 45 books, but it made it for my 2018 goal. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like December 31st and it, it wouldn't let me undo it. It wouldn't let me undo it. Well, they're very strict, you know, about setting goals and sticking to them. I'm this is you, this is a competitive like sport. One <laughs> of my goals. No cheating. Uh, so I think I did figure it out for 2019, and then like promptly abandoned it by February. I do read a lot of books. I'm just terrible at remembering. And then those little like BuzzFeed quizzes and little articles come through Facebook all the time, like a hundred books that everyone's read and things like that. And like, I feel so much pressure from that because I read a lot, but I don't always read the right books like that everyone else is reading. Like I want to read those popular releases. I really do. I, I do. But also I love it when you just randomly discover a book and you know, you like yeah. the cover or it's been out forever and it, it wasn't like a big release, you know, and uh, you just kind of discovered it. You loved it. The only problem is when you find books like that, that you love trying to find someone to talk to them about. So true. You know what though? Okay. So you just hit on two really fantastic things. I think one is the like top 100 lists. So yes. I have a lot of feelings about those lists because I think there are a lot of like judgy bullshit, basically like that's to me. I mean, it depends who's doing it and whatever, but Really? Like, who's just deciding that everyone has or should have read these particular 100 oh God, books? I hate that. Like, like, who are you? Before you die. Okay. Yeah. I'm not read what you want to read. <laughs> we should make one. We should just, like, oh throw God. up, like, the most random books we've ever heard of. I don't know. <laughs> we could do a fantasy girl. <laughs> I kind of like that, actually. Yeah. books you never read and probably never will. <laughs> Did you do this as a kid? 100 books that make you say, huh? Who? 
So when I was a kid, I lived in this for a little while. I moved like a whole bunch. I moved like 15 times between fifth grade and my senior year. But for a while, Holy like mom. where I'm from, I lived in a small town in Mississippi. And our bookstore, like we had like, I think, whatever the chain bookstore is that used to be in all the malls in the 90s. It might be like Walden Books. We had that. But we also had Martha's Paperback Book Exchange. And wow. oh my God, my mama would go in there and like get her Harlequin fix or whatever. And they had like this little corner and it was young adult. It wasn't called young adult at the time, but it was basically anything that wasn't adult. It was like the picture books, the middle grade, the young adult, all just shoved in there. And that was like the highlight of my month every month. Cause you would take like a dollar and get like five books. That's how I discovered God. a wrinkle in time actually. Oh, I had like a copy from like 60s or 70s that had looked like it had been sitting at old Martha's forever so it was and I love that like you would you would it was just very organic finding books that you liked and and now it's like and I'm probably shooting myself in the foot as an author and I have author friends that have books coming out that look amazing and I want to read all of them but I do kind of miss just that feeling of no expectations like no ideas of what you're going in for until you find it that's really true. I feel like that's what I get on Twitter these days as opposed to wandering around a bookshop, though, because you get other people's recommendations there that can be kind of random sometimes, but are usually pretty good. It's like that's the new true. word of mouth. Um, and yeah, I'm always the worst at going to a bookstore and just like finding something that I know I'm going to love off the shelf. I don't know why it's so hard for me. I get like serious, like writer or writers, uh, readers doubt. And it, I start like questioning myself and freaking out a little bit because it's, I don't know, like the pressure feels really high. I don't understand, but it's hard for me, but my Goodreads list, holy moly. And then I've started adding them to my Libby queue and that has been a disaster. But let me tell you, I have already read a huge amount and okay, we're not so even in January. <laughs> What's a Libby Q? So Libby, I think I've talked about it before, but it's one of my favorite things. So I will talk about it as many times as you let me. Okay. It is an app. Yeah. I'm sure you've told me. I'm that's not, terrible. I'm really no excited. worries. Let me get up on my soapbox. Uh, so it's an app for your phone. And it's like, well, I'm using it like Audible because I'm using it for audiobooks. And you can play them through the app. But... Unlike Audible, one, you're not supporting Amazon. You're supporting your library, which makes me feel so much better. And two, you don't have to pay a subscription or pay, you know, through credits for every book you're picking up. It's like you just use your library card. And just like any other, it really is amazing. Just like any other book you would borrow from your library, you know, like they have so many rights for copies. Right. And so you can do a digital ebook or you can do an audiobook as long as that's something that your library has. You have completely told me about this and I just totally blanked on it. I love it I'm so like much. I'm excited all over again. So Yeah, but it gives me huge anxiety about what I'm reading because I can't predict very well when something's going to become available off hold because of the hold list. Mm-hmm. And they let you put on hold like 16 books at a time. And so I'm just like, oh, I'll just keep filling up my queue until something stops me or, you know, a book becomes available. And then it's like three days in a row, like a book becomes available. And you're like, wait, now I'm reading something. 
<laughs> but then you have to get through them all because it will automatically disappear off your phone on the dead on the due date. Oh, it's like a race. <laughs> it is a rat race. Like you have to read as much as you can. It's competitive so reading. And you are in the middle of a book, like a big honking book, and like you've got something going on at work, so you don't have a lot of reading time, but you're really into a book, and you're reading it, and you're loving it, and you're like halfway through, and this was me with The Starless Sea, because that was a big honker of a book, mm. it was so good, and then your hold comes in at the library, and it's one that's like a new release, and everybody wants it, and you don't want to be the asshole yeah. that keeps it for like two months, and that's what happened to me with... Um, the queen of nothing. And so I was like simultaneously reading these two books. Cause like I had to read this one cause someone else was waiting on it. And then <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to give up on this other one. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> so got to ride that momentum. <laughs> that's basically yeah. my, that's basically me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I use the term reader anxiety a lot. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. It's all of these books in my queue and piling physically next to my bed. They are going to pile so high, they are going to fall over and murder me in my sleep, just like by happenstance. Like seriously, I read 34 books last year, which by the way was a lot for me. I am a very slow reader. I'll get through like one to two a month usually when I'm reading print. So audio has been big for me in that way. But I counted how many books are in a stack next to my bed physically right now. 41. It's 41 books. (laughs) It's only oh, going okay. to get bigger. It's terrible. You have 41 books next to your bed. Yes. How many are in your Libby queue? Uh, <laughs> 16. That inc- that does, yeah, that does and... include four that are currently checked out to me. It's okay. a disaster. It also do does not include any of the, the books. No, I don't have any from the library, but I do have additional like digital stacks of unread books on my nook. And I think maybe also my very, very, wait, no, on my very, very old nook. And then also a Kindle. Wow. It's a so, really big problem. <laughs> why, why is this a thing though? Cause I relate to this so hard. And then I see memes and everything else like addressing this. I'm like, this is a thing. And it's all about how yeah. reading books and collecting <clears throat> books is, are two different hobbies. Like they're not the same hobby. And I'm yeah. like, that is so true. It's so weird. Because for when I turned 20, oh God, I wish I turned 25, 35. When I turned 35, my husband gave me for my birthday these two huge bookcases. He had them made. Like, they're gorgeous. Wow. And, yeah, they're like Such um, a good 11 gift. and 12 foot tall. And I filled them up. And so my goal now, because um, I had more bookcases at our old house and our new house. Those are like my two bookcases. Mm-hmm. Anything else has to go in stacks. So when I read something, if I don't just love it, um, I donate it to like little free libraries. And that's been very freeing. However, I have these bookcases filled with books I haven't read, <laughs> and then I go to the library, and I check out, like, seven books, and I'm like, who am I? I don't read seven books in a month. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's the worst. It's, like, absolutely the worst. And then, and then on top of that, so our library does this really cool thing called Recycled Reads, and every month, the last Saturday, you can go to their warehouse, and it is freaking amazing they have like like books that have been out forever but then they have a lot of new releases because you know how like the library will order like 50 copies of something when it's new and then they don't need 50 copies anymore after it's kind of waned a little bit and then people donate books that they don't need all that goes into this warehouse for sale and hardbacks are a dollar and I'm there it's like me in like the geriatric community of Baton Rouge and (laughs) 
throw like some elbows. I'm not gonna lie. Like you get in there and you feel like you're in line to go to some weird club where oh my God. book people and old people go with like big boxes. Like people come wheeling boxes in for books and I'm just in line ready to get what I want. So I've gotten some really good stuff there, but I keep going. I've kind of cut myself off because I'm like, what's I've got a real problem, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like a couple of years ago. I I finally had to institute a policy of like, if it's something that I could get another way, I don't buy a physical copy of it because I have no space to put this. Like I'm telling you about books by my bed. There's also a bookshelf full of books that I have to have just like physically near me for some reason. And then also because we're in a studio in DC, which is a tiny space, there's like two giant like crates of books in our storage unit downstairs. And that is after we've like pared down like the books that we really feel we have to hold on to like three or four different times over moves. It's It's just like, it, it is hard. But the one thing where I'll still buy a print copy anymore is if I'm getting it signed by the author, like right then. Right. And even doing that, it's been a huge problem. Well, yeah, you talk to a lot of authors. Yeah. Yeah. And then like you have author friends when you start like getting in these circles. And so like, I always want to get your books and like other author friends, like I want your books. Like you want to support them. Also, like I find that there are books that I don't necessarily like now, but I associate with a different, like a certain mm -hmm. part of my life. Yeah. And I can't get rid of them. Like I have a book that I read and like I read it in high school. It was a library book. Like I snuck and read it. My mom checked it out and she didn't like it. And I was like, let me see what this is about. And I read it and like loved it. And like, she would not have approved. And then like later in college, I bought a copy and then I kind of got to know the author on Twitter a little That's bit. Super and so cool. Then they had another book come out. So then I like bought it in hardback. Like they reissued it. Like it had, it had, um, what do you call it when it's not available anymore? And then it came back out. And so I rebought it. And so, like, I have that book. And, like, I can't get rid of it because, you know, there's memories attached. Also, so do you have any books where if you see it, like, for sale somewhere, like, used or on sale, like, a certain title that you have to buy it? So You mean, like, one I already have? Yeah. Like, I have 15 copies of Wuthering Heights. Only one of them is new. Oh, that's such a good idea, though. I buy the used one. And if, like... And I have a real problem with buying books with inscriptions. Like if I'm in a used book space and I'm looking at books, like in New Orleans has the best used bookstores. They are amazing. I can only imagine. Yeah, so like I'll dig around and if I find a book and it doesn't even look like one I want, but it's got like some real personal something wrote in it, I'm like, okay, I got to buy it. Wow. So I feel like some sort of hobgoblin collecting memories instead of me adding to my library. That's really amazing though. That's such a cool collection to have. Like I've never heard of anyone doing that before and it's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it, it's fascinating in theory until you have all these books that you're probably never going to read. And like, <laughs> The joke uh, with my sister, like me and my sisters always make about like having Wuthering Heights. And we didn't, we got this off of some movie because I remember my dad had a video store. Mm-hmm. And it, they're always like, why do you have more than one copy? And I'm like, in case I want to read it more than once. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Although speaking of Wuthering Heights, I one. Fantastic choice for that. Holy crap. Um, But the copy that I have of that book is actually my mom's from when she was in college. I, like, found that in a copy of Jane Eyre and, oh, 
sorry, I just remember something. I will get to it. Um, in a copy of Jane Eyre, in a copy of Tess from the Durbervilles, just like in her basement, all from her, you know, she was an English major and I was too, and my grandmother was. It's kind of a funny thing. But, um, but yeah, and they had like her little notes in them and everything still. And I was just like, these are the coolest books. And she's like, whatever, just take them, like read them if you have to. And it was like, okay. And That's so gold. I still have them. It's, it's pretty cool. Yes. Oh, that is so cool. Those are the best titles for that, too. Like, your mom sounds super interesting. Yeah, she picked good ones to hold on to. I'm really glad I have them. And and because of that, I read them as, like, a young teen when I would never have come across them otherwise, except maybe in a literature class where I would have had a huge attitude about it. And so I learned to love them, you know? (laughs) Othering Heights is kind of polarizing, too. Not everyone likes it. So that's just really... That's really interesting to me. Like, I love that. Like, mm-hmm. that, like, really gives your mom full points. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, no kidding. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say related to that was that I don't really collect by, like, book title, but I do, I've got three books is what I realized while I was saying my first point, not just two, where I've got two copies of the book. So one of them is uh, Jane Eyre. Because I have my mom's very, very old copy, and then at some point I was gifted a really beautiful like just really carefully designed copies that was supposed to be a keepsake. And then I've got two copies of the first book of Harry Potter because I have like my standard one from when they first released. Right. And then a few years ago as a Christmas gift, my sister got me a really beautiful, fully illustrated copy. And I was like, I should get rid of the old one. And I just couldn't do it. So now I have them both. Well, you should always keep them. That's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a good gift. And then the third one I've got two copies of is Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury, which I have a really old used ratty copy that I've kept forever and just love because Ray Bradbury is my favorite author and Martian Chronicles is my favorite book of all time. I will read it forever. Um, And I just... Ray Bradbury is just also kind of my, like, self-assigned mentor of writing because of his attitude to the craft. Uh, He's just very much like, just sit down, do the writing, put it out, write the next thing. Like, you just, eventually you're going to hit the thing and it will be the thing that picks you up. You know, like, he's just like quantity. (laughs) Right. Right. And I just, I love that about him. And it's a good reminder when you get kind of down on yourself in the process of it all, because there are so many ups and downs to just be like, nope, just get the next thing out and then get the next thing out and don't worry about the rest of it. And push it out and never look back. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but when I turned 30, so this was a few years ago now, but when I turned 30, my husband found a first edition of this book with Ray Bradbury's autograph in it. What? And he hunted and he it down and he got it to me. It was That's incredible. Mm-hmm. That is and I was like, like, this is the best thing I've ever possessed. And it's so wonderful that I can't, I'm like afraid to keep that one to read. It's like, it's like, just that just has Ray it. Bradbury's spirit in it. <laughs> right. So I had to keep the ratty copy too. So I could keep like reading it incessantly. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that is probably way to go, Chris. That's like the most romantic gift He's really good ever. At that stuff, yeah. so good. He did good. He did so good. So I Justin bought me one time 
it was really random. We were in this bookstore in the French Quarter, and I wish I could remember the name of it. I don't. It's probably got a different name. Like, and it was just, it's like, it was just, I have pictures. I need to post them. I'll send them to you. We'll post them on social media. And it is just like, it is slammed with books and like waterlogged books, like new books. Like it is ridiculous. There's so many books that they go together, like through pressure at one point, um, like overhead. Oh my God. Like you can't even <laughs> We were in there, it is like completely buried alive, hoarding buried alive book edition. But it's awesome to go in there. Like, I've taken (laughs) pictures in there. And we found, and we were just kind of bumming around New Orleans, which is kind of like my favorite thing to do when I need to like fill the well, like the creative Mm -hmm. well. I just love going there and being around music and being around art and going to bookstores. And that's kind of what we were doing. And we were in our 20s this particular time. And we found this book, and it was. 1890s and he bought it for me it was a first edition I had never heard of it there was no like sentimentality cinemata- blah, blah, blah. no specialness <laughs> attached to it no feeling um, except it had you know how old books had those really cool book plates on the front yeah and it was like really cool and the guy was like it's waterlogged you can have it for whatever and Justin bought it and like I can't even open it like the pages like I keep it in a Ziploc bag And it's called The Great God Pan. But I was able to find it online because it's so old. It's like public domain or whatever. Hmm. um, And read online. And it's like just this really early horror book about, like, it's it's bizarre. But that's really my, like, my only first edition book story. That's fantastic. (laughs) I still love it, though. (laughs) Yeah. So do you have um, a goal for 2020? Mm. I don't try to set goals beforehand anymore because I feel like I cause myself enough anxiety for something that I want to just love doing. Um, and I also, uh, it, I, I get like really like set on those sorts of things if I set them for myself. You know, like if I got to November and I realized that I was 10 books behind, I would feel a pressure to like race my way through 10 random books. Like I would just do it. Um, but I do tally my books and there is like a implicit thing about trying to read more books than I did the year before, which is very silly because my reading is not getting any faster. And, (laughs) and the other thing about that is, you know, you're incentivizing yourself to read short books and stay away from very long books, which sometimes long books are really great books. So I don't want to do that to myself. And also, like, sometimes you just need to digest a book. You need to, like, languish over it mm-hmm. and spend time with it. And, like, like I mean, okay, like, speed reading, whatever, if you're just reading to get through stuff. But, like, if I really enjoy a book, it takes me longer to read it. Yeah, like, I'm turning the pages faster, but I'm stopping and thinking about it. And, like, I'm not a very fast reader either. And, like, it took me forever to get through The Starless Sea. And I freaking love that book. It was amazing. And... Like I, it was my first one to finish in 2020, but I started it like way back in 2019. And like I read <laughs> other books while I was reading it, but, uh-huh. but like I enjoyed every page of it. Like I can't imagine just like reading through it like really quickly to finish it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it paints a picture for you. Like, oh, it, like everything amazing. is so deliberate. I did put that in my Libby queue, by the way, on your recommendation, and it keeps creeping a little bit closer. So I'm really excited to get to it. Yeah, and then I've got talk about it. Like, so I won't give like I can't really 
you can't really give away spoilers with that book because it's not like plot driven at all. Mm. But I can't wait till we can have a discussion on ah, it on the podcast about yeah. it on the podcast because it's just beautiful. We should do some author deep dives or something because Night Circus was incredible too. And I've been a bit fixated on that for a while now because it's one of Let's the inspirations for what I'm it. writing. Uh, so I'd be happy to talk about that. And there's a lot of good authors for something like that. And sh- like, I haven't read the Night Circus yet. I mm. will go to the library and get it. And we can totally do a deep dive. I would love that because uh, you'll see. I can you'll tell see. you with 100% <laughs> confidence that you will love the Night Circus. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I feel like I get kind of caught up in the, the pressure of it sometimes, which I don't know. Maybe that's just how I function. I feel like everything's stressful all the time. I just kind of go. So I'm just a motor, and maybe that's what works for me. Um, but I like your idea about kind of pausing and, and sitting with a book a little bit. Um, well, that's like, okay, so we're a lot alike, but where we're different is, like, if you saw you were falling behind on your goal, you feel driven, and you're like, going to get it done. And I'm like, screw it. I'm going to read this slower <laughs> now. Can't, can't make the goal. Who cares? Which neither is ideal. Like, <laughs> ideally, you would just keep reading the book at your own pace and enjoying it and not worrying about it instead of, like, motoring through or just, like, shuffling your feet. If only we could so. fuse. <laughs> Happy medium. Um, but another thing that I start to feel like reading anxiety about is there's all of these new releases coming out all of the time. And so not only do I want to catch up on like what I haven't read from last year and like all of like the classics and other random things that are out there that I just haven't ever gotten to. I've never read The Handmaiden's Tale yet for crying out loud. Like it's one of the 42 books sitting next to my bed right now, literally. But, like, I also know that more incredible books are going to come out again this year than I can possibly get to again. Oh, right. And, like, the more you get involved in, like, the publishing world, the mm-hmm. more yeah. you know yeah. about it, like, ahead of time. And you have this anticipation, which also adds to the anxiety because, yeah, like, it's impossible. Yeah. Even if it's you rude. didn't have anything else to do but read, like, and I totally get. So there are so many um classics and new classics that I have Mm. always wanted to read, but I have never gotten around to. And it's to the point now where like, I mean, people will talk about them and I'm just like kind of changing the subject because I'm like, I've never read that book. (laughs) But like, good God, there's always new books to read. And it's like such a like, it's a a great problem to have. I mean, I'm not complaining here. More, more books. Right. (laughs) Which this brings me to the second thing that you brought up earlier that I think is really a great thing to think about is how do you ever get that discovery point of getting beyond like the, the Twitter echo chamber or what's being promoted as hot right now, or like the classics that everybody knows and find those really great reads that we all know have to be out there that are maybe just the quieter releases that are lower level from the big publishers or an indie release. I mean, we're both small press authors, and I love our small press. You know, like I've right. I've found really good authors who are incredibly talented, and I know that others are out there too. But I I don't know how to find them, especially when we're all like fighting the deluge of keeping up with everything else. Right, right. Um, so I find that having friends that read differently than I do helps. Um, like I have some friends right now that 
are hardcore romance. And I like romance, but typically for me, the romance is secondary to the plot. It's not, it's not like a romance with science fiction elements. It's science fiction with a romance in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not like saying that for any other reason other than that's just kind of what I'm drawn to because I love a good love story. Like I'm reading The Queen of Nothing right now and romance is heavy in there and I'm just all about it. Um, but having these friends and they're writers and they write romance and having them to like talk to about it, like my list in that genre has grown so long because mm-hmm. it's so much bigger than I ever thought. And there's a lot of books that I would have never known about. Um, it's a good So tip. I think just having a circle, like, you know what I mean? Like having people yeah. that read different, but even yeah. then it, it, it's hard. Like, yeah, it's like FOMO with books. Like, <laughs> there's going to be a book that you haven't heard of. That's going to be the best book of your life, but you'll never find out about it. Like, like the struggle is real. One decade later. All right, no, but that's a really fantastic tip. So I'm actually, I'm going to write this down. Step one, get friends. Step two, (laughs) make them read. Okay. Taking over the world (laughs) and socialize. (laughs) I want to take over the world. (laughs) It's going to be okay. I know you do, do, but the world's not going anywhere. You can have domination of the world tomorrow. World domination, domination of the world. You can have world domination tomorrow. I will allow you to call it domination of the world as as world leader. Maybe I've been hanging out with my romance friends too much. Um, but speaking of kind of like sci-fi-ish romance, do you know yes. Jennifer Armentrout? Yes. yes okay. I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to recommend her to you. Never mind. Oh no! I it's really random how I know about her, but I, one of those Twitter things. Oh cool! I, I love Twitter. Through, and then I like did that deep like you get in that click rabbit hole where you're reading about yeah. books and yeah. Well, do you want to talk about her? I mean, now that we've said her name, tell me. Tell well, me no, she was one me. of those funny things where uh, she's like a mega multi New York Times bestseller lady, right. and I had no idea who she was, and yeah. just like. She dropped out of the blue into my lap for something for Book Riot, and that's one of the reasons I love writing about books so much is because things like that kind of pop up out of the blue where you're just like, God, I'm so lucky to be doing this. Um, and I was just like, well, who's this Armandrat lady, lady? And kind of looked her up a little bit, and I was like, oh, she's a really big deal. And it's funny how much in this uh, kind of di- – I, I don't know if this is really true, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, where in the digital world, you can just kind of get in a certain bubble of people and oh, miss true. these other huge things that are happening that are really freaking big deals. I think even outside of the bubble, like like you said, there's so many books that you can have someone like that that is like a multi-bestseller, like many times over. Mm-hmm. But if they're not right in front of you on that end cap at the bookstore or your Amazon suggesting it to you, there's so much that it's hard to discover. And I mean, and part of that's like I live under a rock. So <laughs> like, I'm always late, like uh, two years later, like, like, I'll be like, have you read The Hunger Games? Oh, my God. It's amazing. <laughs> I've heard of this. <laughs> I love books. Have you heard, have you heard of Harry Potter? Harry Wizard? <laughs> Like, let me tell you, though, I thought I was too old and too cool for those books for, like, the first three releases. It took me really? a while. Well, and this is the thing, right? I was the Wait, oldest of three kids. Uh-huh. Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. No, I was an adult. I was an adult before I read oh, them. Thank they you. Because they came out yeah. in a weird time for us. 
Like we were yeah, like we're high teens. Yeah, like and, everyone to read adult books. Yeah, and, and my sister and my brother are, you know, three and six years younger than me, and they were super into it. And I was like, okay, what's this kids' book thing going on? Right. Um, and I think maybe part of it was that the not the movies weren't coming out yet. We didn't know that was going on, but um, but no, like I guess it was just like the pace of them and like the the buzz around them. Eventually, it was just like, fine, I will look at it. And obviously, of course, like the rest of the world, it was a great thing. But yeah, it was just kind of like, why would I read that? And it was different back then too, because mm-hmm. now like with social media and like, you kind of... It's very true. You know, it was just the way you talked about books and who you talked about books with was so different. And mm-hmm. it was so like, it was just basically your closed like everyday circle. And like, I, and I totally get that. Like my youngest sister is three and a half years younger than me, almost four years younger than me. And she went to like the midnight release parties and dressed up. And like I was in high school and all, so that made me mm. definitely think that was a kid's thing. And then way later, it wasn't until probably social media that I was like, okay, everybody has read this. I need to read this. And I was like, holy crap. This is <laughs> right. so good. Oh, and how things have taken a turn. It, well, it does make me think if I were ever to become like a mega billionaire, super, super famous author, it's just like at some point, like, what do you decide that you're just better off, like keeping your mouth shut, close your social media accounts and go spend your money. I mean, like, bless just, her. She wrote something incredible, but whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't even, uh, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> yeah. It's just. Moving on. Moment of silence. <laughs> Moment Moving of silence. On. <laughs> some off the pedestals, though. <clears throat> I mean, some people dive off of them head first. It's very true. Very true. Mm. So, I guess we've been talking about, or, or our plan for this was like reading challenges. Yeah. And like our goal is, or do you have a specific goal, like to read more of a specific genre? Or, well, you know, you know, like I mentioned, um, I've written for Book Riot for a a while now, and that's been shaping how I want to be reading, I think, in some really good ways. Um, First of all, I do want to shout out, they do a reading challenge every year called Read Harder. And I, one, it's delightfully snarky little name for it. But um, two, it's designed to kind of push you out of your little pocket of the the world, so to speak, you know, like we were just talking about and have you read different types of diversity and, and seek out different perspectives that you may not naturally be drawn to just because we tend to gravitate to certain things. And also, um, a lot of the times don't tend to get the same sort of marketing push from their publishers as, you know, those of us with, you know, the, the white privilege and the straight privilege right. and all of that sort of stuff get so easily, well, relatively easily. Right. Well, you have a little bit more of a boost there. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it forces you to look beyond what's right in front of you, right? which is so valuable, especially for us as authors, you know, you need to be looking wider, looking so deeper. How does read harder work? Like, how does it cultivate a list or does it give you like a bingo card? Like, it's, how does this work? It's a list and it's like, hold on, I'm going to see if I can put, pull it up real quick because I should have done this before. But it's things like read a novella, read a 
book by um, someone with a disability. See, um, I, I love that. That mm-hmm. takes some of that pressure off we were talking about earlier when like, you're like, what do I read next? And it's yeah. more than just like a list of like science fiction books, a list of fantasy books. Right, like it doesn't assign anything to you. So you can say, well, I still want to read science fiction, but I want to, you know, branch out and where can I find this sort of book? Um, Oh, read a historical fiction novel not set in World War II. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. Read an audio book of poetry. Oh. So it's got some really creative challenges on here. So some of it's diversity, some of it's just thinking about things a little bit differently, but it's a smart group and they kind of curate it from their their group of readers, or I'm sorry, their group of writers. Um, But beyond that, another thing that I really endorse about Book Riot, makes me proud to be a part of it, is that they really, you know, reflect their values and everything they publish, even though it's such a huge group of writers. They are very careful about their quality control. And so anything that you write for them, if you're doing a book list, you need to make sure that it's, I think it's 30% uh, authors of color. So that really makes sure that you're mindful and aren't just grabbing the lowest hanging fruit for any particular theme that you're working on and are looking beyond to be inclusive in what you're writing. And more and more, I've been trying to also make sure that I am inclusive in this way in what I'm reading. Um, You know, we always have a few that are standouts that represent minority voices, but not nearly as many as there are incredible authors out there who are deserving of it. So I've, I've been trying more and more to really make sure that I look for that in what I read, um, both because you're missing out on a lot of incredible talent if you don't find these, and also because I think that, you know, one of the most important things that we get from reading is, of course, that expansion of perspective. And um, there's, you're not doing that for yourself if you're only reading authors that look like you. No, that's totally true. And just from a completely reader perspective, like without a writer hat on and without thinking of it even too deeply, it's like, why do you, like a book is a journey. Like your mind is like taking you somewhere else. And why do you want to go to the same place over and over? Mm -hmm. And if you aren't, I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, without getting in it too deeply, but you, if you're reading an own voices book or a, a book, you know, by a person of color that is their story or a person with a disability that's writing about a main character that's a disability. Why? I mean, that's, you're going to get a richer story versus mm-hmm. um, like, you know, as, as, if I was to write that, or if you were to write that, you're going to have like that lens there. And I mean, why wouldn't you want to take the best journey possible? It's kind of Absolutely. the way I think about it. You know? Absolutely. So. so that's what I'm trying to be better about. Uh, what about you? Reading goals. God. <laughs> what are these goals you talking about? Um, <laughs> life goals. Reading goals. I'm just trying to brush my teeth twice a day. Um, Fair. So my goal is to maybe actually track what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. I do want to read um, a more diverse list. And I want to read like wider ranges of genre. Oh, sorry. A fly just landed on my microphone. If you guys heard that. <laughs> <That's a tag>. <laughs> <laughs> that was really weird. Um, but I don't, like you said earlier, I'm not trying to set too hard of goals as far as a number of books. Um, 
just because that ends up leading to anxiety. And I don't want mm-hmm. anything to suck the joy of reading for mm-hmm. me because I do enjoy it. And nothing kills that quicker than if I feel like I'm reading like on assignment. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Another thing I want to do is I want to do more beta reading for friends and for uh, like author friends. And for people that aren't familiar, that is when an author writes a book before they send it to their agent or their publisher or jump into the query trenches, they'll have friends, writer friends, read it and give them feedback. And so, so I've, important. I've never had a lot of time, as much time as I would like to do that as often as I would like. And because of that, I've missed out on some really great reads before they became pretty well-known books. Ooh. So I'm really going to try to um, make that happen in 2020. Like I'm going to, I'm going to try to at least, you know, every other month or so do a beta read. Speaking of that, I'm like, that's a great goal. Really excited about yours. Oh. Just throwing <laughs> that out there. Oh man. And I'm going to have some fun announcements about this next release, like this week. Oh, mm-hmm. I'll say this. Uh, the, the fourth book and final book of my fantasy series is going to be releasing mid-March and leading up to it starting very, very, very soon. uh, We're getting new covers for every book in this series. So those will be dropping in the weeks leading up. That's exciting. And so this will bring the third realm war to a close, like the story. It will. Yeah. We get that big face off at the end. Um, We finally get, um, a chance to kind of look the gods in the eye and, and call them out on all of the shit they've been doing this whole time and kind of be an MIA. And uh, this, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this last one because now that it's done and just looking back at the whole series and, um, you know, I don't want to talk about my own books for too long. No, but talk about it's it. been, <laughs> but it's been a really fun project. It's also been kind of a heavy project because all of these characters that have been like the hero of their own book, uh, they all are trying their darndest. They want to do the right thing, but there are so many times in the series where the right thing is unclear or what seems like the right thing is all is actually the wrong thing or right. they're just not big enough on their own to do it. Um, and I think there's been some good complex female characters that I've had a lot of fun with, but there's also been um, a couple of male characters where I think I kind of had a chance to take some digs at some toxic male behaviors. Okay. And uh, this last one definitely digs into that hard. It's been a lot of fun. Um, It's yeah, it's, it's so weird to have it end. And you know, do you think, so in the future, if you ever have time on your hands that you might would add to this universe, <laughs> are you just completely closed? I'm not sure. opening that door again. Sure. As, as, as soon as I have some free time, I'll, I'll right. get right back into it. No, you know what? It really felt like it was time for it to be over. I had originally envisioned this actually being a little bit more expansive. Um, and I don't know. Maybe I'll feel nostalgic someday, but I really don't think so. I think it's time for something fresh. I think if I were to write another series, I would do it really differently. Um, oh, I, I, can, 
I feel you. Yeah. I, I started this out, you know, like mud was the first book I wrote. And so I didn't really think about where it was going. I thought about what needed to happen for that book, which is fine. But, um, but no, I think in particular, the, the world building of it has really been, it's been heavy lifting for me. And so I've learned a lot, but also like, holy cow, every time you write a new book in a series, like that's a lot that you have to keep building out and keeping track of. And I think this one needs to be left alone at this point. A fantasy series, because you're inventing like these, this whole magic system and this Mm. whole world. And you have to, I mean, nothing throws someone out of a story quicker than when you break your own rules. Yeah. Yeah. In a not purposeful way. (laughs) Yeah. And after a while you get sick of the rules that you set up before and you're just like irritated with yourself and you're irritated with your work. And that's not the feeling you want to have because like you want to like be true and do it right. But you're just like, Jesus, why did I set it up like that? And then you're just like, ugh. Yeah, or like I did with mine was I had to break one of my rules. So I had to think about why this rule could be broken Mm. and why my main character wouldn't have known about it and why people would have told her, you know. And Mm -hmm. like it's not just as easy as like, okay. Because I think in my first book in Blackbird, the whole thing was people of this particular tribe, of this community, of people, of magic people, people that are gifted, you can't use your gift on others. Well, that goes out the window, and then we find out that that was just a rule for, like, the kids in this family or whatever. And, like, certain people's doesn't work and others does. Um, Yeah. I was like, oh, crap, what am I going to do? Right. Yeah. But, but yeah, there you have it. (laughs) Well, that's exciting. I'm I'm excited for you. I can't wait for March. I can't wait to have all the new pretty covers on my shelves. <laughs> Collect them all. She yeah. was in there with all my other books. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, uh, I really, I mean, I guess that's about it for me. Do you have anything? I think that covers it. I think I would just say, you know, if you're setting goals for yourself reading this year, make them ones you can enjoy along the way. Yeah. Enjoy it. And tell us what they are in the comments. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, all that. Yeah. You know that. This is some great um, just like radio, guys. I'm over here. Yeah. No, but seriously, (laughs) I would love to hear everyone's goals. And if there's a particular list you follow that we don't know about, anything. Yeah, throw us all your good lists because I know there's a lot more out there that are really fun and or tell us about the ones you hate. Or yeah, maybe too. we should make one. I'm going to think about this. Yeah. I'm tell us what to put. Tell us what you want on a reading list. Yeah. <laughs> so that can be titles. That can be types of books or, you know, like ways of thinking about a challenge. We need to do like a feminist fantasy list. Fuck yes. Well, thanks so, for uh, listening to the uh, the 2020 kickoff miniseries. We'll have another whole miniseries coming out in the spring. We'll be doing this quarterly to kind of focus on different themes, just like we did here. And in the meantime, we're going to be dropping a few minis. So stay tuned. Uh, keep listening. Enjoyed it. Take a look at our Patreon. Please rate us on uh, whatever podcast forum you're, you're listening to. And uh, shoot us all of your thoughts.
Okay. Until next time, I'm M. Shotwell. She's EJ Winstrom, and we will talk to you later. <laughs>